episode 30 of DevTalk, I speak to Matt Johnson-Pint about time from a developer's perspective. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lothrop, and today's guest is Matt Johnson-Pint. Matt is a senior software engineer at Microsoft working on Azure, and I'm very happy to have him on the show today. Hi, Matt. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, uh, and, and uh, we are recording I'm uh, in the evening here. It's it's 10 p.m. and you are not because you are on the west coast of the U.S. and as some, a lot of Microsoft employees are in Redmond, right? Right. It's about uh, one o'clock here in Redmond. Yeah. Okay. And um, this is um, I had a tweet some time ago. It's been one of my most popular tweets so far, and it was um, along the lines of. If your solution to time zone problems is store everything in UTC, then you fully have you haven't fully understood the problem. And somehow I think you uh, that tweet got your attention. I think because John Skeet retweeted or something like that. Um, and um, and it, you are a person who is very interested in working with time and time zones and everything time related. And this is also something that's of, of interest to me. So um, that, that's how we got to know each other. Yep. I, uh, I remember that. Um, I've built a, a specialty, if you would, around uh, date and time and time zone problems uh, in software. And um, certainly, uh, John Skeet also plays in that space. So our paths have overlapped a few times. But uh, yeah, I, I hear you on the, on the not UTC everywhere. Um, uh, advice. Um, I always cringe when I hear people give kind of always type devices like, well, if it's always, then we wouldn't have anything else. And, uh, and in that particular one, um, the, the thing I would, I would, uh, remind people is that UTC is great for time stamping, like in your mm -hmm. log files or the event, something happened. Um, but it's really awful for scheduling. If I, if I want to, uh, make a daily recurrence event in the future, I really, can't schedule it by UTC because what if the time zone I'm scheduling it for has daylight saving time? You know, part of the year it'll be off by an hour. So yeah. uh, UTC just isn't appropriate for certain scenarios like that. I had two projects where I encountered this. One was uh, construction machines, and there was like a web portal you could configure a curfew for the machine and the engine just wouldn't start at during a certain time of day or before a, a certain time of day and not after a certain time of day. And uh, if you like store that at 10 a.m. Uh, and, and store that in UTC, which will, if it's 10 a.m. here, it'd be 11 uh, or 9 a.m. in London uh, from, from my point of view in the winter and in the summer, it would be uh, two hours difference. So you wouldn't be able to start your machine at nine o'clock in the morning um, or 10, uh, whatever. Um, it, it is confusing. And the, the other one was uh, developing a TV and uh, you schedule like you want to record the news every day at eight and and then DST comes along and suddenly it records at a different time. So, Yeah, famously, um, Apple iPhones had this problem. Um, All right. Yeah, I forget which year it was, but there, it was when people first started like using their their uh, smartphones as alarm clocks in the morning, 
And shortly mm -hmm. after uh, that feature started becoming popular, people realized that on, on the day of a DST transition that they weren't waking up on time. It, it, a phone is something you take with you, right? Yeah. I mean, what if I, I'm traveling and I set an alarm for seven o'clock every morning? It's not seven o'clock UTC of the time zone that I was in when I set the schedule. It's seven o'clock where I am. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you want to wake up, right? Right. And we've got so basically the you said if you want if people say always do something this way, this is like there's one website I should link to that where there are all these misconceptions about dates and times, and it seems there is an exception to everything. Yeah, it's called fallacies programmers believe about time. It's been around for, okay. for quite some quite some time, and we'll get a, a link for your your listeners. Um, mm -hmm. And there's there was a, a second part follow up, and I didn't write those, but uh, I agree with most of them. <laughs> um, little things like um, not every day has 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, that's something people don't think about, but yeah, the days that if if a time zone has daylight saving time, the days that daylight saving time starts are longer because they have an extra hour um, and the days that daylight saving time ends are shorter because they're missing an hour. Um, actually, I may have that backwards. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, and it's not always an hour. There's one time zone in the world that does DST by half an hour. Uh, yeah. So that's something that, that people get wrong also. Or we, we used to, I think in Germany, we used to have a two hour DST in, in the like July. Uh, so it was one hour in the spring, and then like in July, it, July August was like two hours. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was a long time ago, but but um, and and it, it it is so crazy. Um, I remember we we did a big trip to Fiji or to the to the South Pacific, and uh, I had a, a itinerary, a, a big list where which day will be where, and then I had a column which time zone that place is and we're flying from from uh, Auckland New Zealand to Fiji and uh I I looked up the time zones and the the flight times didn't match and and it turned out that Air New Zealand had uh, they didn't realize uh, Fiji had just announced they were going to do daylight saving time <laughs> and uh, it was just like 2 months in advance they they said they're going to do that and uh, they hadn't adjusted their schedules so uh, and and I was we were connecting uh, onto a a boat to go to the one of the, one of the islands and it was uh, um if I had not caught that and it, um then we would have missed that boat so um it is it is a really complex subject it is um and and I've I've blogged about this quite a bit um uh, one of my more popular blog post is called on the times on the timing of time zone changes and uh, what it gets into is is this idea that you know we think that time zones are fixed but actually they're they're controlled by the governments of the regions they belong to and as we know about governments um, they don't always make rational decisions um, sometimes people want DST sometimes they don't want it sometimes they want it permanently Sometimes they want to change their standard time to be like their neighbor or to be not like their neighbor. And sometimes they don't give people enough notice. Um, 
you know, for for collecting this data about what the world does for time zones, there's this thing called the IANA time zone database. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just a, a an old school mailing list and anybody can participate in it. Um, and basically there's a bunch of programmers and researchers and academics and, and government officials and, and astrologists, believe it or not. Um, and uh, a lot of people that, that care about time zones and getting them right kind of come together and say, hey, I just heard that this country is going to change their daily saving time rules. And um, if the country happens to say it, when it goes into effect, like, maybe six months from now or a year from now, then usually everything's fine because all that data gets collected and disseminated out to the computers of the world. Um, But if it's, this change goes into effect tomorrow, things just can't move that fast. Um, And so the clocks are, are all wrong. And this has happened lots and lots of times. Um, There was a, a a big problem with Egypt um, back in 2016 um, where they, they had different branches of government saying one thing than the other. And they didn't even reach a consensus until like the day before the change was supposed to go into effect. And and then oh boy. afterwards they decided that it wouldn't. So nobody even knew who to listen to, especially <laughs> the computer people. But you said if it gets announced six months in advance, it's no problem. But that is only if people rely on their operating system to do that. And if the operating system is updated correctly, and but That's some right. people implement that themselves, like uh, that um, the TV I was working on, actually. That's right. Some people just make a list of time zones and put a number next to them and call them done, and uh, and then they wait for those bug reports of uh, hey the time's wrong, and then they go update the list. Um, I I prefer the automated uh, OS approach, um, either with the OS or the library. Like if you're running. Python, for example, um, has various libraries. PHP has various libraries. .NET has a great library called NotaTime uh, that can embed this data in it. Um, so there's ways to not rely on the OS if you as an app developer want to do it yourself that don't involve hard coding lists. Right, yeah. So right now we're nine hours apart, time difference. And a lot of people believe that's that's how it is. Like Central Europe to West Coast USA is nine hours. Everybody knows that. And if you implement that yourself, then you have a big problem in March and October because the DST start is different. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, the US, I believe, starts later than uh, uh, the EU. And, no, um, you start earlier. And the DST starts early. earlier. It's like the beginning of March in the U.S. And it's uh, the first Sunday of spring in Germany. So like March 20-something. And in the fall, the U.S. also goes later because you have DST after Halloween. We have the the, the Sunday before Halloween. Yeah, the, the rules vary all over the world. Um uh, you know, I'm working with this stuff all the time, and I can't remember the rules because uh, they're they're different yeah. everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I have to rely on on various reference websites and uh, the computers to tell me. Um, but you know, even even what you just described, you know, has a lot of subtle variations. Um, for example, uh, if you're in a country that does daylight time, but you're in the southern hemisphere, the the daylight time is almost always in the summer, but summer in the southern hemisphere is winter in the northern hemisphere 
And so um, you'll have countries that are in daylight time when we're in standard time, even if you're not on the, the edge cases. You know, and then you have to think about well, which countries do it and which ones don't, and um, and then changes to that because it's not fixed. The the EU passed a, a resolution that by 2021 they want to eliminate daylight saving time um, completely from all EU countries, and um, we'll see if that actually goes into effect and how it plays out. Uh, right now, I believe they're asking each member state to decide which of the their two offsets is going to be their standard time going forward. And that's that's going to be an interesting thing, because if you think about like uh, Brexit with the UK no longer being in the EU, will they make mm-hmm. the same decision or not? Will they make a different decision? And then on, on Eastern Europe, you'll have countries along those borders that aren't in the EU, but might change anyway to align to their neighbors. And then you have to wonder whether they'll do it at the exact same time as their neighbors do, or they'll do it at some later point, in which case it becomes problematic. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a mess, and that's why we need um, this this mailing list for people to participate and discuss. So. Yeah, I was thinking about the the consequences of that. If we're actually going to abolish daylight saving time, uh, like in in my household or in our household, we have like three different types of devices. One device is internet connected and really always knows exactly what time it is. Then we have those devices that are, are have no connection, but they know when DSC starts and stops. And then we have the devices that know nothing about DST and they, they just, you always have to set them two, two times a year. And those devices uh, like, like uh, heater thermostats that, that know when DST starts and ends they're going to be the ones that are going to bother me at, at that point um, because they're going to always switch to DST and, and back. And um, yeah, so the, yeah. the the dumbest devices are the ones that are, are going to be okay then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the dumbest devices won't need to be fiddled with anymore. It's those, and, and the smart devices, you know, don't need to be fiddled with now, but those middle ground devices, you got to think about, how updatable are they? If it's a smart thermostat that has a USB port on the bottom, then then maybe the manufacturer will put out an update and you can you can get the new rules. No. If, if not, <laughs> then not, not you mine. turn the feature off and you make it a dumb device. Yeah, no, I can't even turn it off. I'm I'm really going to have to <laughs> change the time twice a year yeah. uh, if they do that. Yeah, but you you mentioned you work with that all the time. Do you, is this something you're working on during your day job? Yeah, um, so I work at Microsoft, and um, I, being a member of Microsoft, I I talk to a lot of different people around Microsoft. Um, I, for example, um, have made contributions into the .NET framework um, around uh, date, time, and time zone problems. And mm-hmm. if I need to go walk over and and talk to them about that, I can. But uh, that's that's probably a bad example because they're very open source and most people could do that anyway. But I can also go have those same discussions with people in in Office or in Dynamics or in Bing, um, and so that's helpful. That's not really part of what Microsoft pays me to do. It's just something that I do because um, I have that this specialty and and I can use it to to help people. For my day job, uh, right now what I'm doing is is uh, related in a way, uh, not necessarily to time zones, but 
to leap years, which are another date problem we haven't talked about yet. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we're recording this uh, in early February. Uh, at the end of the month here in February 29th, 2020, we'll have this this leap day that, that doesn't exist every year. And um, believe it or not, like, everybody's talking about the Y2K bugs still, and they're not thinking about how prevalent leap year bugs are. <laughs> so my team is is specifically going after, can we find and eliminate leap year bugs in Microsoft code bases? Um, I work in Azure, and we had um, a pretty uh, rotten uh, leap day experience in 2012 that's been very well publicized. And uh, we've learned from those mistakes for sure. Um, so we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that there's no repeat, uh, incidents. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the simple problem there, and I know a lot of your listeners are probably thinking, what's a leap year bug. Um, think about it. If today is January 1st, 2020, and I say, what is it a year from now? You're probably going to say January 1st, 2021. And if you codify that algorithm, you have a leap year bug. Because when you do the exact same thing and say, well, today is February 29th, 2020, what day is it a year from now? You can't say February 29th, 2021, because there is no February 29th or 2021. Yeah. Um, and that's the exact leap year bug that took, took us down in 2012. And, um, and I find all over the place. I found it in open source code. I found it in internal code. Um, I found it in many different programming languages. And I guess the, the the simple form that you catch more often is that the month version of that. Like you could, what day is one month from now? And if uh, it's the 31st, then that might not be a day in the next month. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if you talk to people about months, you know, people talk in terms of months more often, they might say like, 90 days from now or 30 days from now. They use like a 30 day as a substitute for a month, but -hmm. everybody kind of knows that not every month is 30 days and they have to stop and think about it. Uh, For some reason, people forget that when it comes to years, that not all years are 365 days. Some of them are 366 days, Uh, but it's the exact same problem, right? Right. And then not every four years is a leap year. Right. there's the, these interesting 100-year exceptions. Um, the, the full algorithm is that um, if, if a year is divisible by four, it's a leap year unless it's divisible by 100. Those are not leap years. Unless it's divisible by 400, and those are leap years. And so that, that gets a lot of people confused. But basically, the 400-year rule happened when it first went into effect in 1600 again in 2000 and and it will happen again in 2400 um, and all the other 100 year dates like the next one being 2100 are not leap years i remember 2000 that there were uh, cases of software that had implemented the 100 year rule but not the 400 year rule so yep. they thought it was uh, it was not a leap year but it was it actually was and and this has happened um Again, I'll pick on my own employer. Uh, Microsoft Excel made this mistake, um, not the 400-year rule, but the 100-year rule when um, when they wrote Excel. Actually, it wasn't uh, Excel that originally made the mistake. It was Lotus 1, 2, 3. And um, 
we we had to borrow this bug and grandfather it in where it thinks that the year 1900 was a leap year when actually it wasn't. Um, yeah. And this is something that's still there to this date because if you were to fix it, it would shift everybody's days in their Excel sheets by one. <laughs> I saw this picture where, um, uh, like at the cashier, it will it'll say a date, how old you have to be to buy alcohol or cigarettes or something. And on the, the 29th of February, it went completely wrong because it was like, uh, you have to. It was only counting every four years. And yeah. uh, I think it was showing like a, a, a year in the 1930s. Right. Yeah. You have to be yeah. before, born before 1932 by alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Right. I thought that was funny too. Um, I did a little live blog of of the leap day um, in the last one in 2016, and I was really surprised just how many leap year bugs came up. And you know, now in the, in the day of social media, people are talking about them in real time. So um, I plan to do that again for 2020. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. Um, hopefully, uh, nothing major. We don't we don't. Uh, wish disaster upon anybody but uh uh yeah if you're out there and listening to this and not thinking about leap day uh go take a look at your your date time logic and make sure you're considering what will happen when the day is february 29th yeah well some of them are really funny but it's, it's not funny when when you take azure down but um um yeah those like like the one we mentioned with the the age and born before that was really funny yeah, there's there's another one that people bring up all the time related to the Microsoft Zune, which was the uh, the old iPad uh, iPod competitor, I should say. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened there is uh, on a December 31st, um, I think it was in 2008, the uh, we hit day 366, and so not all of your bugs are about February 29th. Some of them are about uh, the 366th day of the year. Wow. That one was interesting because um, there wasn't any manipulation going on there. There was just a simple little loop that said um, every day tick, tick forward by a day. And when I get to the last day of the year, then go to the first day of the next year. And somebody who wrote that code put a an if statement in and said, if it's a leap year, then do it differently. Um, mm -hmm. And they had a bug in that code. Um, and what's fascinating about that is, is uh, there was no way the way they had written it to to test this until it happened, and basically it put all the devices in this endless loop that uh, completely bricked them, um, made them overheat, and a whole oh, bunch boy. of people, you know, sent them back, and and of course, you know, in transit their batteries would would drain, and so when they all got back to Microsoft, they were perfectly fine. Uh, uh, that's that's a, a, a well-cited case, but there's a lot of other ones that are that are out there and and not talked about as much. You know, even going back into the '90s, um, I found a report of, of aluminum smelting plants in in New Zealand and Australia that uh, um, had all of their control systems lock up on December 31st, and uh, mm -hmm. that cost them millions of dollars as all this hot molten metal spilled everywhere. You know, so it can be pretty serious. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I was just thinking, um, thinking about time zones, you know, sometimes countries change time zones or not just the DST changes, but, but they also like move from one side of the, the date, date line to the other side or mm -hmm. something like that. I, I don't even 
know what happens to software when that happens because suddenly it could be like a, a day earlier. Yeah, bad bad things happen. Um, yeah. Samoa is the most recent example of that. Not American Samoa, um, the the other part of Samoa, um, mm-hmm. switched from one side of the international dateline to another, and um, I can't recall the exact date off the top of my head, but um, they did it in a way that skipped over a date. Um, they basically shifted by 24 hours during the transition, so there's there's a whole date that's missing on the in the Samoan time zone. Yeah, um, and that can that can throw things off. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen code that renders um, like a month grid on a calendar where you've got the uh, the days of the week on the top and and the the days mm-hmm. of the month, and and when the computer is in a Samoan time zone, the month grid gets rendered wrong. It like shifts mm-hmm. everything over by a date so that you've got you know uh, your your first of January being on a Tuesday instead of on a Wednesday. And that's confusing to people. Yeah, I think they were um, they were on the American side of the the dateline, and uh, they they thought they were going to have more connection or more interaction with Americans, but they were actually having more to do with Australians. And what happened was that they were the the time was not far apart, but the uh, the the day was off by one, so they couldn't talk to their Australian business partners on Mondays or Fridays because uh, their Monday would be like Australian Sunday or something, something like that. Um, so that's, that's why they switched over. And now they're like uh, UTC plus 13, <laughs> uh, which probably brought all, all, all different bugs <laughs> because nobody thought you could have like more than 12 hours offset from, from UTC. Yeah, there's a handful of those island time zones that have have shifted forward into the GMT uh, or the UTC plus 13 or plus 14 um, space. 14, and, okay. And they, they do it to, yeah, it doesn't go higher than that at the moment. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Somebody else might come forward and say, we want to be the first place on the world that a new date is rung in. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of them have done that. Um but uh, in the case of Samoa, I think it's it's fascinating because like many people who don't know geography or, or geopolitics might think that that Samoa and American Samoa are the same or somehow related to each other. But but actually, their governments are quite separate, and the international dateline goes right between them now. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though like you could get in a boat and and just go between them, um, they're on different calendar dates from each other. Yeah, there are these these flights. I'm, I'm um, an aviation, civil aviation enthusiast, and there are these funny flights that you you take off after or, or take off in 2020 and you land in 2019. It gets crazy when you cross the dateline. Time travel. I'm working on yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> what what is the the weirdest bug maybe that you've encountered, or or the, maybe the funniest, or something that that you can you can tell our listeners i wouldn't necessarily call it a bug but um for a while there was a problem with cyprus in in the mediterranean and um Mm -hmm. uh, so half of cyprus is controlled by the greek government and the other half is controlled by the turkish government and um you know there's there's a, a demarcation line separating them and a lot of um, conflicts that, that happen there and um there was a time zone change in turkey 
that mm -hmm. the Turkish Cypriots decided to align with, and and the Greek part of Cyprus couldn't because Greece is uh, an EU member state, so um, they can't just change times. That has to be coordinated and controlled. Mm -hmm. um, and so for, I think it was about a year, um, there was one hour time difference on this very small island. Um, and that's, that's a problem when you've got people um, traveling back and forth every single day. Uh, I know that uh, at least one reported case that's, that was blamed for a, a school bus accident, um, it being too dark at, at, at a certain time in the morning. Um, and oh. there was, uh, you know, it, that kind of stuff happens a lot. Um, trying to think of something that's more funny because that's that's nothing funny about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there's there's just a lot of variation in the way that that people think about time and and dates uh, and time zones. You know, we we talked about some of the big ones already, like use UTC always, but but that doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. work. That a time zone is a fixed number that never changes, so that doesn't necessarily work. That not every day has 24 hours or or has a midnight. It's, uh, in some cases, a time zone might start um, its its DST at one o'clock. Um, so go, it, it skipping over the hour from midnight to one o'clock. Um, yeah, and that can be we, confusing. Um, we change from 3 a.m. to 2 a.m. here, mm -hmm. and yeah. and here we go from uh, 2 a.m. to 1 a.m in the uh the fall and in the spring mm -hmm. we go from 2 a.m to 3 a.m oh. um, so that's it always happens at two o'clock a.m or approaching two o'clock a.m but um but it's different and um in the u.s uh each time zone that does daylight saving time does it independently so it kind of zips like an accordion across the country starting on the east coast and going to the west where in the EU, uh, they all change at the same UTC time. So there's like always, at least oh. until rules change, there's always an hour difference between uh, Paris and London, for example. Mm -hmm. And I heard in the US, not every state has daylight saving time. That's right. Um, Hawaii does not. And Arizona does not, except for the parts of Arizona that are controlled by the Navajo Nation uh, Indian tribe. Um, yeah. they are, um, they span across multiple states and they do daylight saving time. Um, so you have to know, um, what part of Arizona you're in on whether DST applies or not. Um, and then there's a lot of other history when you go back into states like, uh, Indiana, for example, is a mess. Um, you can look at the Wikipedia article for time in Indiana and it's, it'll show you historically, all the different local regulations county by county that have been in daylight time or not and and how <laughs> those transitions happened um it's all sort of unified now but um some of it does eastern time and some of it does central time but at least they're in agreement about what parts are doing it which parts aren't where they didn't used to be well at least they have like full hour time zones and like i, I don't know why australia doesn't for example <laughs> or, or there's also like a quarter hour time zone, like Nepal or something like that. Yeah, the, uh, Nepal, I believe, is is UTC plus five forty five, um, five and three quarters. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some history behind that. 
um, because the, the, the region there um, between Nepal and India and other neighboring countries um, is such that, um, well, India is, is five and a half and countries on the other side are six, that it puts Nepal right in the middle at five and three quarters to not be aligned with either. Um, yeah. And then there's, uh, there's odd ones like in Australia, you were mentioning, um, you know, there are official time zones, um, that go into the, uh, uh, UTC plus, uh, um, I believe it's plus nine and a half and then plus 10 and a half is another one. Um, but there's also unofficial time zones. There's this little tiny roadside community called UCLA. And they use a unofficial time zone of UTC plus 8.45, uh, I believe. So it's another one of those three-quarter hour offsets. Oh, no. And so if you are the, the UCLA government, then you align with Western Australia at UTC plus 8. But if you are a UCLA citizen, then you use UTC plus 845. And I don't know how they keep track of that. <laughs> That, that's that that sounds more complicated than than Cyprus actually yeah, yeah. but um, yeah um, time zones are weird and um, hard coding them is always a recipe for disaster so I just don't <laughs> yeah that's good advice uh, <laughs> yeah one thing uh, people should know about time zones and computing is there there really are only two sources a valid uh, time zone data. One comes from that mailing list that I was talking about earlier, the IANA TZ database, or sometimes it's called the Olson database from the, the name of the original founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's used in, in Linux and in, in Macs and um, in, in Java and Python and, and a bunch of other um, community-based or standards-based type um, uh, programming languages and frameworks um, and operating systems. Um, the second time zone database that's maintained independently comes from Microsoft. Um, and there's some history there because um, uh, you know, Microsoft today is very open source and, and intercollaborative with other companies in its communities. But when, uh, when Windows NT came out is when the first Microsoft time zone database came out. And at that time, mm-hmm. um, the Olson database was not any sort of de facto standard. It was just something some other people were doing. And Microsoft decided to do their own thing instead. And that's kind of how we have these two different databases uh, today. Um, although today, uh, myself and a few other people from Microsoft participate in the the, uh, the open source uh, IANA TZ mailing list. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we have information that we learn through, through our partners, then we bring it there. And if there's stuff that's discussed there, we bring it back into Microsoft. So they're mostly in sync, um, but they do have very different um, identifiers and and date ranges um, as far as accuracy. Like the IANA database goes back to at least 1970 or even further when it can. And the Microsoft database only goes to 2010 from a guaranteed standpoint. Um, Although some time zones have a few that are earlier than that. But the data it does have is accurate. Um, I've gone through it meticulously and worked with them to get things corrected. And um, we do cover just about every place on the earth. Uh, so uh, you can use either sets of, of identifiers. I actually have a, a library for .NET to help you convert between the two called Time Zone Converter. I'll link to that too. 
And and the the thing to remember is if you're storing time zones, don't store the offset. Store the right. The, store the, the identifier. identifier. Yeah. So if it's the IANA form, it'll be something like um, uh, Europe slash Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, where if it's the um, the Microsoft form, it might be uh, Central European time. Um, yeah. Or it might say Central European Standard Time, and that's super confusing because if the identifier has the word standard in it, some people think, well, that means it doesn't cover summertime or daylight time, mm-hmm. um, and actually it does. <laughs> it's like oh. Pacific Standard Time is identifier is just the Pacific time zone entry, not the Pacific Standard Time entry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, so uh, people uh, can contact you on Twitter if they have questions about that. Absolutely. Um, I use a Twitter handle which is mj1856, and um, it's it's becoming my favorite year. But uh, originally it was just a random ID that I I had assigned from a system, and I've just kept it. Um, and uh, I'm happy to talk about date, time, time zone, sleep years, leap seconds anything <laughs> time on mars <laughs> okay well great we'll, we'll do that on another episode thank you very much <laughs> yeah. matt that was a lot of fun thank you this has been another episode of dev talk and we'll see each other again in two weeks bye